Bulletproof Dental Practice Pod. Today, I have a friend and someone who I've been using their software and been blown away with it. Amal, you are the founder of Patient Prism, right? Yes, sir. Not co-founder, but founder, right? Well, co-founder. I mean, I, okay, I, I, you have a co-founder. He's, I was Amal, he's a trying joke. to take a dig. He's trying to take. I was a making dig. a joke. Craig doesn't like it. Peter I, loves it. I flex that. He flexes that on me. Amal, we were at we we did a presentation for AACD recently, and Craig Craig put on a slide that. Um, he was invited, you know, as his list of credentials, he was invited by AACD. And then on my part of the slide, he said, was invited by Craig to help speak at AACD. Yeah, I actually asked them, can I bring Peter along? That's never going to get old. We've talked about this. Like it's six never going to get old. So I have to flex so, and be like, well, as a, you know, as so, a founder. So, Mal, you are the co-founder, not the founder? That is correct. I'm the CEO. You know, Better and together. And, and the co-founder uh, had incredible help with an incredible team. So, Mal, I was exposed to your 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 software a while back, and and honestly, in full disclosure, I looked at it and I was like, okay, cool. But I think I think we're buttoned up there, and like a lot of things, got busy again, um, and then got reintroduced by our mutual friend Matt, and kind of looked at the platform. And what was the eye-opening thing for me? was the fact that that now you have incorporated AI and things like that, right? Because I always thought call monitoring was just ridiculous. People would be like, well, are you monitoring your calls and you're doing call monitoring? I just thought it was always ridiculous. You mean, so I was like, so you mean I have to pay someone to listen to the, the phone call that someone already did and, and human, human, you know, humanly audit it? That's, that's, a, that's something? I was like, that makes no sense. So I have to pay two people's salaries for one, one conversation only to denote what happened on the call. It just seemed highly inefficient to me. So when I saw kind of your your new platform, the new tech that you've involved in your new platform, it was like literally you and I went you went through it with me and my jaw was on the ground. And I see a lot of stuff in dentistry, quite honestly. And I really wanted to get this implemented into my practice, meaning because I had speculation that marketing was not the issue in, in in a certain downturn that we had had, a little, a little downturn. I was like, I don't think it's marketing because I'm looking at my impressions, I'm looking at the conversions, I'm looking at all these things, and I don't think it's marketing. And I always just assumed my phones and, and everything, we were answering all the phone calls first ring and we were super buttoned up with our verbiage and all the things. But I was like, I wanted to get some confirmation. And boy, was your software eye-opening. Craig, you've just now gotten getting it implemented in your in your practice as well, right? So you I know you don't have enough data yet. Yeah, I have no idea. All I know, I know enough to be prepared for the podcast. I know Amal, you're a friend of a friend. And you have software that listens to calls and uses AI. Is that about right? That's it. So that's it. Okay. We can drop the mic. Pod's, yeah. pod's over. Good job, Craig. Good job. But you know, Peter but and I always say, like, the most important, like, listen, recording the calls and actually deciphering them is two different things. You know, I have a security camera system at my office, but like, I don't want to go through the last five thousand hours to try to find something. I mean, if the data is useless, very good metaphor. Intuitive. Yeah. So, so, what was the emphasis? What was Emil? What's, what was the emphasis for, for converting of that? Did you just see an opportunity to convert into more of an AI tech platform or what? It's, it's very interesting. When we got started seven years ago, I, I, I was, I'm a CPA by trade. I ran a CPA firm in the healthcare dental space for 15 years and I was getting bored of accounting. And I, real, I, I thought to myself, 
what should I do next? What should be my next gig in professional services? And I, I thought marketing would be good because I was really good at growing businesses. And I started a marketing agency at the time called Dentist Profit Systems. I didn't want to deal with accountants. I wanted to talk to dentists because dentists were some of my closest friends. And I'm like, all right, well, these guys will give me a shot and they'll help me attract new patients to, the, to their practices. So I went to these dental offices at the time and said, hey, what kind of patients would you like to see? I'm not going to give you any of the jargon. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do SEO for you and all this. I'm going to just ask you what type of patients would you like to see more of? And they told me, I'm like, hey, seven starts in this line last, I would like to do double 14 a month. Somebody said, I placed 10 implants last month. I'd like to do 20 and, and say, all right, well, we're going to spearfish these patients for you and drive them into your office. During that process, what we realized as, 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 as we decided at some point, the, the, about a year and a half into the, into the mix, we were doing really well in the beginning. Then, then clients started complaining that, Hey, marketing is not working. Mm -hmm. So we deployed those human beings at our marketing agency level and said, let's listen to these phone calls. And eventually I had a team of 12 people listening to phone calls. It was highly inefficient, right? But we did find out that the problem was not marketing. The problem was that calls were not being converted to scheduled appointments for a variety of reasons. Part of it was training, part of it was other things. And we, so in my mind, I asked my co-founder at the time that, hey, this is very inefficient. Could we teach Alexa how to understand dentistry? And this was like just when Alexa was launched, right? And he's like, yeah, absolutely we can. And that's what started the journey. Mm. We wanted to teach a machine how to do what humans do in an accurate way, but in a very fast way too. So that, you know, the, what's the point of knowing something a week later or a month later, right? You can't do anything about it. The idea, the use case of AI was, Okay, well, we have this technology called natural language processing, which powers all the assistants we have, Siri, Alexa, all this stuff, right? It was based on, which teach, natural language processing teaches machines how to understand human language. Mm -hmm. So if we deploy that and imagine if that machine could listen to the phone call and then, and then provide feedback to the office that, hey, they missed an opportunity. And if we can do that quickly and that will allow these offices to basically re-engage with the patient and bring them back in. And it was a novel and radical idea at the time. Uh, now everybody talks about GPT and what can GPT give me. But at the time, it was very novel. It's like, wow, we're going to recover an opportunity we just lost. Mm. That's where, that's where it's patient prism idea started. It was an internal project that eventually when the USPTO issued us patents, we realized that we were innovative. And we created a business out of it. It's awesome. It's awesome. What what year was this, by the way? I'm sorry. So uh, I think six about sixteen. Then sixteen okay, was <laughs> really got the first beta out. So so let me go through like a list of what I think the features would be. And I'm sorry if this sounds all wrong, but you can use the AI to identify which person speaking. I would imagine correct. Right, right. So you know it's Sally versus Diane, and then. What, what language does it like, cause what would be most important to me is language that doesn't lead to an appointment, wow. great, great marketing. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, they fault and fire the marketer because <laughs> they say, you know, I spent $20,000 with you guys and we got no new patients from it. And unfortunately marketing is collateral damage because if you do a poor job, either a answering the phone or b enrolling your patients, it's still your marketing company's fault. 
Correct. So you can get amazing person on the phone and that patient stands in front of you and you blow it. And now somehow the marketing company is not working. So what are the things that you learned that you put into the platform so that we don't have to listen to every call? Like what are the things you look for? Well, there is a couple of things we look for is what one of the big areas is how did the agent perform, right? Agent or the receptionist perform. Sure. So over the course of what now 12 million phone calls, over the first three years, we developed a set of variables that deter that would determine the probability of a patient booking an appointment. And we went through about 25, 30 different variables. We finally finalized on 14. And those 14 variables are, you know, I'll give you some examples. Um, did you did you did you were you actively listening? Did you ask the patient about discomfort? Did you mention financing? Did you offer an appointment? Did you offer financing if they didn't have insurance? So we looked at these 14 variables. We tested them across at least two and a half million calls to understand that where the where where in the conversation was the patient stopping so that we can train the team member to tell them that, hey, Mary at the front desk, every time a patient calls with no insurance, about 50% of the time, you don't even give them information about care credit, right? So, so, so that was one part of it is understanding and giving feedback to the agent or the receptionist on those 14 variables that were statistically significant in predicting a booking up booking a patient right mm -hmm. so that was one part the other part we realized as you said earlier that sometimes you blame marketing sometimes you blame the receptionist but sometimes you don't have to blame either one of them sometimes it's not the fault of marketing sometimes it's not even fault of reception sometimes it's your own operations that and what that means is today, if, if I were to look at the last 12 months, 33% of patients, new patients, were not able to schedule an appointment at a dental office because there was no room in the schedule. No capacity, yes. Okay? So, so whose fault? is It's not the marketing fault. It's not Judy's fault who answered the phone. It's your fault because you don't have your schedule optimized or you just don't have enough providers. I mean, whatever that could be. So we also look at every not booked appointment from the standpoint of, yes, the receptionist, what it, what they could have done. But was it an operational issue? Which means, was it capacity? Was it insurance? Was it service not available? Was it price? And was it still considering? And so, you have a slide, Amal, that we were kind of looking before I hit record that kind of goes over that, right? You're calling that the blockages of, of scheduling. And I'll let you kind of, this is a visual, visual pod, so we, we put this on YouTube. So if you want to throw that slide up, we can record into it. Craig, I think it's a good thing to show like you said, is the data over millions of calls, where does the breakdown of, and where does the blockage occur in all these things? Also directionally, I want to know what does patient prism look at? So are you looking at, and I'm sorry for my not, not knowing the product better, but does it look just at the call or does it also plug into the practice management system and have data that goes back and forth? Not yet. No, it doesn't plug into PMS yet, but <clears throat> It's coming in third quarter. We want to complete the whole loop. Third quarter of which year? Because I know I'm talking to a serial entrepreneur. That's a very important question. That is a very <laughs> it's good like question. coming before Christmas. We just don't know which Christmas. That's third quarter every, of 2023. Every oh, software yeah. company, when's it coming? Funny enough, it's coming next quarter. <laughs> it is I'm true. Sorry. It is. Well, I will tell you why it's coming next quarter. Because our largest clients are forcing our hand. <laughs> so we have no choice. I mean, imagine like then you could query on what calls lead to the highest amount of dollars. So the AI could learn that when these words are mentioned, do more dollars because getting all you have is a binary equation of 
a booked, not booked. Right. Now you have so many more layers of data points right. to enter. So this is one of the layers, right? Reasons not booked. What was it? Is it scheduling, price, insurance, still considering? Sometimes there's language barrier in this. And we can even dig deeper into this stuff. Like with insurance, you could dig deeper into saying what type of insurance was a problem. So you could say, oh, let me look at all my insurances and what percentage of Blue Cross patients did not schedule. Well, 50%. So for those of you not able to see this and listening to the pod in your car or wherever, basically what this slide is saying, it's a customer journey blockages. And so Amal, again, with the data, it's saying the reason's not booked. 40% of it is due to scheduling, 14% still considering not ready to book yet 16 percent was attributed to insurance issues 30 percent was attributed to price so right. and uh, and and then you get to see if you have for example if you have multiple locations now you get to see this data in real time i'm like okay well the tampa office here we have we have a slide that shows you seven different locations the Tampa office in the last month was not able to schedule 59 new patients because they didn't have room on the schedule. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing you go back and say, and by the way, they also had 16 patients who hung up on hold, new patients who hung up on hold while talking to our receptionist. So the problem is not marketing. The problem is not our people. The problem is that we just don't have room. And the first thing to do is stop all marketing spend in Tampa. So just stop it until we figure out how to more patients schedule. And by the um, way, I'm all, I just want to interrupt for a second. There's a lot of dentists that are listening to this right now that are actually looking to start spending. We've had those in the mastermind that are like, I want to drive more new patients. You know, my new patients are going down. I want to call a marketing company. I want to do all this stuff. And when you look at when is your first available appointment for a new patient, six and weeks. it's oftentimes six months or seven months, you're actually spending tons of money to piss more people off. So imagine 100%. a really well-crafted advertising campaign that gets you to call today and yeah. you can't deliver on your promise for six months. I have a front tooth that broke. Great. We'll see you in August. That doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Here's a great segue into one of our reports here. It's days booked out and cancellations. And you see that little thing called average lead. There's in, in one of our reports, you see this schedule statistic. This is your days booked out. The Tampa office not only can schedule, you know what the correlation is, they're, they're booking their new patients 112 days out, right? So again, it confirms that if you're booking 112 days out, right, you need to either hire more doctors, more hygienists, you need to uh, maybe add more, more chairs. It's not easy, easier said than done, right? It's harder to hire a hygienist than probably God knows any, any other profession right now. You can't hire anybody. Maybe you need to optimize your schedule. Maybe if you have multiple locations within a single mile radius, maybe you need to book them somewhere else. There's lots of things that could come out of this, but absolutely. Marketing is the conversation. You're like, no, it's not a marketing problem. Let me save that money. Let me hire more people. Um, let me see if I can do maybe assisted hygiene and maybe see more patients and get them in the chair first. Those are the conversations we have with our clients because if you don't translate the data into operational insights and give them action-oriented steps to do, all it is is just nonsense data. <laughs> And, and, and that's not, that's not where the evolution of analytics should be in my view in dentistry because it needs to be super actionable. Craig, you know, why I like this is because typically Amal's clients have been kind of, kind of from the DSO industries and, you know, big groups. Right. And so Craig and I are kind of on this mission, like how do we level the playing field for the, for the independent operators, keeping dentistry cottage as much as possible. It's a beautiful industry. And in order to do that, in my opinion, you have to use the same tools 
in the fight. And so this is a next level data. This is strategic information that helps you forecast, prognosticate which locations to open, cut down the phones, cut down the marketing. This is how business people run their act. You know, this is, this is a higher level business operation. And so I love this and delivering this, creating awareness for the people who listen to this pod, because I think, you know, if you're going to a gunfight, don't bring a knife. You know, you can, at a certain point, there's certain things we just can't compete on. Um, understand. At least understand. not yet. But these are tools things like that, that. Yeah, there's, but these are, these are tools that if they have this, we have to have it. So, Correct. you know, what just, just as a small segue, Amal, what percentage of your business, um, total dollars generated to your business comes from DSO or multi-location versus single location private? 95 is DSO. Yeah. So, so that's what I thought you'd say. So, yeah. So, but, but if we look at number of dentists practicing, most are not affiliated with, with the DSO. Most are still not affiliated. So this is just tools. It's like, we're fighting a war, as Pete said, some have Patriot missiles and we have slingshots. So I appreciate (laughs) the fact that you here taking us with our sticks and stones, like the Aboriginal tribe of South America and giving us some Patriot missiles to come back with. So keep going. It's interesting that some DSO, I mean, Single practices, independent practices are, are providing exceptional dental care to, to patients nationwide. And I think that despite the consolidation, in my view, there will be always a room for independent practices to thrive. But you're right. They need to use the tools to guide, kind of get them smarter about, hey, if I'm busy, am I the right kind of busy? Right? I talk to many doctors across the board and say, oh, man, I'm so booked. I'm so booked out. I'm so busy. I have no time for patient prism. And in one of our, our slides I'm showing here right now, it's called leveraging micrometrics, which means if you're busy, are you the right kind of busy? So people say, oh, you know what? My conversion rate on the phone is very high, 85%. Well, with using patient prism, you can understand that, okay, well, you schedule 94% of your hygiene appointments. But when it comes to orthodontic, it's only 44% of the patients wow. are able to come in. Well, now, now, now that means that I am, I don't have any way to triage my revenue I am saying that a, hy- a hygiene patient can come in and do a profi and I can get paid $74, but somebody who wants to pay five grand on Invisalign, they have to wait four months. How, 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 how ineffective is that? And that's what I mean by when you dig deeper into metrics and, and understand like, oh, okay, well, this is the problem. So where do I do that? Do I create a new column, third column or fourth column? And, and I put these big high value cases there and figure it out when they come in or where do, what do I do, right? And, and that's the point of data right now that I love. That's why the DSOs have loved us because we're giving them insight into things that don't require them to spend more money. It, it gives them more value for what they're spending. And then it gives them a clear pathway to understanding, okay, if I spend this much, then I can get this much. And, and that's where we want to take the industry too, is that, you know what? Dentistry is still amazing, right? We still have 50% of Americans that haven't seen a dentist, right? And, and, and the market's huge. The market's huge. And, and we have, and obviously, Clear Choice 20 years ago started this trend that we could go directly to the patient and get, get the customer. And, and more dollars are being spent on marketing today in driving new patients than ever before in the history of dentistry. So we better make sure that all these dollars that are being spent, Google raised their ad, 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 ad prices by 40% last year. And Google is 85% responsible for new patients in dentistry. So let's make sure that we're not wasting all this money on marketing by not converting them 
or by having them all. I'm all. I'm sorry. Google is is responsible for blank percentage of new patients in dentistry. What was the percentage you said? About 85% of new patients coming from online sources. Got it. And it's a big number. I'm going to stop sharing because it's, let's see, here we go. And and I just want to take up a a moment because look, I think I don't, I'm a, I'm a champion for dentistry and I don't believe it's, is, uh, it's, I don't, I'm not a D I'm not an anti DSO person. And in fact, we just got off of a call with a mastermind. And when I meet different associates, the ones who have come from the DSOs, especially the large ones, like the top 10 ones, those guys understand their metrics. Those guys and gals, they understand their numbers. They're, they're trained. I would, I would go so far to say the average dentist in a DSO is significantly better than the average free dentist that's in his own ecosystem and not part of a DSO. The DSOs do things in a way that's shaping in a positive side, many aspects of our profession. And what I'm looking at, they care about this stuff because there are C-suite executives saying, why in Tampa location seven, we have a 17% blank and Tampa location nine, we have a 28% and the demographics are better. When, as you talk to a private dentist, they will report that 99% of patients that call make an appointment, right? A hundred percent of the things you recommend to them get accepted and a hundred percent of things get paid. And when you peel back and you start looking at the numbers, we realize they're completely wrong. So data, data is important here. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, that's usually the wrong indication. That's what we and we just say, all right, my gut says we're busy, right? My we're gut says, busy. right? That's, yeah, that got well, me. These guys, and gals, these guys and gals are doing dentistry full time, 40 hours a week. It's 530. Your team's gone home. Are you really going to start looking at what percentage of your calls are converting? I mean, no, you're exhausted and you have to do your post-operative calls and manage your lab cases. How can you do it all? You're absolutely right. And I think an important element of this is we've got to think about, and a lot of, of my my larger clients and in these emerging groups, one of the things they're doing, I mean, they're doing lots of fantastic things. And I appreciate you saying great things about the industry because it is driving more more patients into the into into the world of dentistry. It's attracting more sure. people to come in and see dentists. And many of them, most of them are wonderful guys that are really trying to figure out how to optimize the patient journey. You know, where does it start, right? It starts when a patient has a need. They're in their car, they have a toothache or they have whatever that might be. And they, they, they want to, you know, they just got divorced. They want to start their life again and they want to get their teeth straightened, whatever that need might be. And, and, and as long as we are cognizant of that patient journey, okay, well, if they have a need and if they type in dentist to fix my teeth or straighten my teeth, you have to show up. If you don't show up, then you don't even get that lead. Once, let's say when they show up, when they see your ad or your website, they have to like it. And then they, they like it, they have to call you. And when they call you, they have to convert. Then they have to show up. Then they have to go through the exam and they have to see what everybody's telling them. They have to accept treatment. Then they have to reappoint. All that stuff. And one of the one things that I've seen done well in the DSO world is, is figuring out at what point in the funnel or the journey does the patient drop off and, 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 and come up with KPIs in, in those drop-offs. Like, where are they dropping off? What do you mean? Just, for example? For example, um, they, are they dropping off at the point of case acceptance? That's a yeah. big drop. We already know that. Are they dropping off that, for example, in, in the marketing world, you got... 
from Google ad on your Invisalign ad campaign, you got 200 impressions, right? 200, 200 clicks, let's say, right? And, but you only saw five starts for Invisalign that month. So where, 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 what happened? Where, where in the journey did the patient drop off? What did that like after so they clicked on your ad? You're saying tracking the complete patient journey from, right? From okay. click to production. From click to, to enrollment, to the physical deployment of the dentistry, right? All the way through that, that life cycle. And then, and then probably the retention of that patient inside, right? Making sure they're, they're on a recurring sequence with you. 100%. We're seeing recently, I saw a survey saying that 24% of the patients are active patients are leaving the practice. And then here you are, right? The bottom of the bucket is leaking. Totally. All we talk time, about that. All you're, all you're trying to say that, that practices, they, they walk around and, and, and it's the, the badge of honor that, you know, I get X amount of new patients, right? And meanwhile, they're getting 100 new patients a month, but they're probably maybe becoming inactive or 103. So the net growth is really a negative three. So our industry sometimes rewards the wrong metric and it should be a net growth, not a, because that net growth would obviously indicate you're high on the top of the funnel and you've got to, you've closed the back door for people. You've got a retentive environment for people to want to stay a sticky environment. Uh, so it's just, it's funny how we focus on, on metrics that sometimes don't really mean anything. Oh, and, and, and then what happens is the, the, over the last 10 years, there's been just this abundance of this whole idea that, oh, I need analytics, I need KPIs, and, and then yeah. there's, there's death by numbers right now. <laughs> yeah, metric dysphoria, I call it. Oh, yeah. Paralysis. That's what I love about your platform. As I've, Greg, I know you haven't dug in yet, but I've looked at it, and it's A, it's delegatable to someone, right? I have, I have someone in my office kind of managing the process, right? Because, Craig, like to your point, this isn't something that you don't want to just after eight hours of dentistry go and, and start digging and be like, okay, what happened today? You no one just no one has the capacity. But I love that the the user interface is very easy to understand where you succeeded and where you failed, and then just kind of closing that, you know, working on closing that 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 those points of quote unquote failure is very tangible. Very, it's very uh, it's very real, uh, and uh, and so we've made massive progress. And even just shoot, I don't know how how long we've been, maybe six weeks with you. And so it's, it's made, it's made a, a massive difference uh, in our practice. When we started this journey six years ago, seven years ago, it used to take us three hours to process this data after a phone call ended because we needed all these human beings to kind of validate all the AI stuff and everything else. Today, we're the first company in all of healthcare that can provide this information in 45 seconds after the patient hangs up and gives them this analysis that, Hey, this is what happened. This is the reason the patient didn't book. This is what you could have done. And all this data is on their fingertips, on their Apple watches, on their cell phones within 45 seconds. So that now, before the patient calls the next dentist or the next person, you have an opportunity to recover them and saying, hey, sir, you called us early. You wanted two implants and we quoted you $10,000. But, you know, we forgot to give you information about, about financing we have available to multiple lenders. You know, we can get a soft check to you in no time and get you a pre-approved for 10 grand. It's going to be only two ninety nine a month. And we want to make sure you take care of your teeth because it could, you know, you could. It's like a second, you understanding that basically what they're like the second chance essentially, right. For you to re-enroll and it comes through as a patient benefited verbiage, right? Like, Hey, we were just looking and we found this and we didn't offer. And it's, and it's a second at bat. You know what? We always talk about at bats and kind of bulletproof and, and things like that, but you know, it's a second at bat that is patient benefited. Wow, you cared to call back and give really 
wanted to get me in treatment, right? It seems very authentic. Well, also another layer of, another layer of that authenticity is uh, what we're selling is good for people. So that verbiage, when you make that outbound call, could be like, hey, we're concerned about this. We want to make sure it's been handled already. So even looks like there's a halo effect on like, we're just concerned about making sure you're getting your, your care done, not necessarily a, a sales call for like, come to us. Oh, you get it done. Great. Good job. That's awesome. But if you haven't, or you're still thinking about it, please consider giving us a try. So it with dentistry, a lot of dentists will remark like, well, I don't want to seem desperate. I don't want to like reach out back to them. No, you have an obligation to make sure they're going to, they're getting their care done. hundred percent. I mean, I think, I think Daniel Pink in, in to sell is human talks about selling is if you're moving somebody from a worse spot to a better spot, that selling is good selling. And you should not feel bad about that. I mean, if you're moving the patient to better health, um, then, then, then by all means, call me a salesperson because I'm changing somebody's life. Right. And that's okay. That's okay to feel that way. Sometimes the word sales is, is kind of almost prohibited in, in healthcare. But we're not selling. We really are moving the patient forward in their journey to better health. And that's why I get wake up in the morning every morning that I know that I know that 25% of the patients that we send alerts on are coming back. That's the statistic that the DSOs uh, are, are, are successful with. They are able to recover 25% of the lost leads in the first attempt on the second attempt. Wow. Second, 25%. So it could be anywhere between three to eight new patients a month, depending on your volume, without having to spend any more money on marketing. Craig, so, so I have someone directly attributed to that job, right? The follow-up assassin, if you will. Yeah, it is just spectacular in conversion of the second chance. And that's and, and Amal's team has been training. Beautiful thing I love about Amal is you guys are have really handheld us. Even though, you know, I thought we were buttoned up in suburbage, you have a top tier team that's actually done a lot of training with us in the process of helping A inside the or inside the software, yes, but also just like regular verbiage training and things of like psychology and things like that. It's been awesome. I have another question for you. Are you learning? I mean, or can you customize it such that <clears throat> when people ask about insurance, you can pick that language up and then look for no we have for the in-house plan so you can be aware of like no we don't take that insurance but they didn't mention that we have an in-house plan can you trigger for that or are you learning it, it, is, it is it is one of our 14 variables that i was talking about earlier okay did got you, it did you mention discount and or financing plan? got it got it so if you got didn't it. then it's gonna flag it so amal how how do how does your team think that when you install the cameras in the treatment plan rooms how do you think that what, what's your plan for when you want to put microphones all of the entire office? You can monitor every conversation, including the one in the operatory and the treatment and the consultation room. How we were asked for that? Is we that like, asked, like, how's that going? We were, we were asked that question. We, thought <laughs> no, it be, we were asked that question. We have the capability of doing that today. I know, I was joking. Um, I'm sure you do, but that would be um, better. It would be very intrusive. But it would be getting interesting. We, we have thought about the workflow. What would happen is let's 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 say we're trying to optimize hygiene conversations. And so the hygienist, uh, you would have to have an interface within your practice management system. Um, and then would, the hygienist would have to start as soon as she's, she or he starts the stuff, they hit play and or, or, or say, hey, Alexa or hey, patient prism bot, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Hey, Judy. I'm starting my treatment or whatever that might be. And then it starts recording the conversation. And then eventually when we have enough data, then you would see, oh, uh, Judy, my hygienist, you know, refers 80% of their, is successful at sending 80% of her patients to restorative. Uh, but, but Mary though is only doing 30%. And 
and and they're spending equal amount of time with the patients. And now I have a data point that that and and and, and, and here's some of the reasons what AI is saying that is that we could just coach Mary on. Like Mary, right. there's a couple of things that you could do here that that could be recommendations and saying all you gotta do is fix this and then boom. Training, right? Yeah. I think that's where it's going. Eventually, I, we work. And, it, and it's and here's the cool thing: as opposed to here's what I've noticed, Amal, and then we'll wrap. I want to kind of give people the how to get in touch with your software platform through BP. But here's what I loved about it: as opposed to it being, "Hey, I listened to your calls, and these kind of things sucked about your call," which then gets Mary very upset because it's one human telling another human. Versus data seems to be super not controversial, meaning it's just data. You can say it's just data. Well, here's what here's what the AI found yeah. that was doing, and maybe we could work on this, right? And it removes some of the ego, removes some of the butthurt feelings of like, oh, you're doing it wrong from me to you. It's just like here's the data, and data gets you know not emotional. It's very interesting, but part of it, I was in a uh, last week. I was talking about the AI and 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 healthcare overall, and I was saying that we had to train our models to be to deliver non-threatening feedback yes um, number one right non-threatening we had to deliver feedback we had to train our bots to be not racist um, we had to train them to be not bigoted they have, have right. trained them not 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 to have predisposed pre preconceived ideas about what people will do so all of this is is, is new tech part of what ai is supposed to be and then this chat gpt is kind of created this whole whole host of issues that are great, but at the same time, but our, our intention was, you're right. So our intention was always to enable team members to be better. And we creating an empathetic model, just like kind of chat GPT is kind of striving to do, right? And I mean, you can come back and be, you have to train it to be not all those things you said and almost kind of train it to be empathetic and kind of lead with that. So that's, yeah. And we launched, I'll say one last quick thing. We launched this gamification feature for the team so that every time they did something positive, they got an award. Yeah. They win an award that we, they can share in social media saying, I am the booking master. I am the king of call. I am master. the highest enroller on the planet. That's right. So cool. and, and we feel this. that we need to reward these people spontaneously for doing good things. I think that's good. Everyone loves the gamification. All right. So here's the deal. It. We do not. You know, as, as many of you guys listening, we do not endorse things. People don't get to come to our summons and sponsor unless Craig and I physically use them or can can authentically say that like they are legit. I can authentically say this is legit. So I am in, I think patient prism is awesome. We have set up like we always do something to make it easy to give bulletproof listeners a good deal. Amal has been kind enough. We have a landing page. Just go to bppatientprism.com. That's bppatientprism.com. No, no uh, spaces or anything. And Amal, you've agreed. I don't know if you know this or not, but your team has agreed. Of course, you know. It was this AI that agreed. So technically, oh, we've it was been talking it to was, this AI the whole time. So it's a ninety-day for BP listeners. It's a ninety-day no obligation trial, and the and the wave the setup fee has been waived through Amal. So, boom, boom. <laughs> That's awesome. We believe in our stuff. So yes. Oh, good. So ninety okay. days, you plug it in, you try it out. If you like it, you start paying. Or is that how it works? Yeah, I don't know what the details are of that. Stuff. Well, I, whatever, that we agreed to, whatever we agreed to is what I we like that. Right. Well, well, you know what that says to me, Craig? That says to me, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a Coke. It's like a crack dealer being like, Hey, just try this. See if you like it. Right. Yeah. And then, and then they see, sorry, I'm all I'm not trying to draw the metaphor to, to an illegal drug to your product, but it's, it's, you know, people will like it. Therefore you can make a, Hey, 
Try this hey, for look, a while. We had a get into your ecosystem. Our summit. What's the what's the difference? We offer a ten time money totally. money back totally. guarantee. Same same difference. I like it. Put your money where your mouth is. And just out of curiosity, is it per location, per office? Yes. How does the fee work? Yes, it is. Uh, for for uh, until you're at ten locations, then it's 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 more enterprise pricing based on the number of minutes you pass through our system. But until then, it's per location. Uh, it's it's you know. For uh, if you do month to month, it's a little more expensive. It's about three hundred and seventy-four dollars a month. If you sign a year contract, it's two ninety-nine a month per location. Cool. That's where it is. Honestly, Most. I was thinking. I'm not just trying to say this for sensational. I was thinking of a lot more because it's it's super actionable. Think of how many of us are spending, you know, quadruple that on advertising. It's like it's better to do this. That could, be six, to your, ads. Yeah. Be, could be six clicks on Google ads. Well, right? it's better to stop your advertising, like learn what's going on. hundred percent advertising, figure this out and then resume your advertising. Like reverse engine. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather have if this. So I was thinking like, okay, this is probably like a full-time employee. Cause that's really the productivity of it. I'm like, it's probably like 1500 bucks, 2000 a month. Like that in my mind, I really did think that. So that's yeah. awesome. You didn't know. It is, it is great. We, we, we signed yeah. up for paying, by the way. We are paying for it. We're right. We are paying customers. Yeah. Just, you didn't know. You that's how that's yeah. how like obtuse you are to the information. No, it's how how much I trust my team. Oh, good, good. Mm. Touche. Touche, Craig. <laughs> well, at least I get to end with an insult. Can we can we wrap now? So I'm on a high note. Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's doing good things for dentistry, man. And we always like to champion that. So thank you for what you're doing and uh bringing us the high tech stuff. Thank you both. I mean, it's nice to be in the midst of superstars. Man, uh, God, we're going to have to bring you back. We're going to, we need more of that. We'll bring you back. Let's extend the pod. Let's extend <laughs> the pod. Well, can you go in? And, no. All-star <laughs> game. I get to play in the all-star game, man. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, hey, listen, I'm just happy that the Patriot Missiles office management is coming <laughs> to the, to the, to the, to the ground troops like this. So. <laughs> Let's let's bring the technology to everybody and thank you for all the tireless work that you did when AI was just the, you know an unknown quantity. And I hope that you're riding the wave right now and hopefully this helps because it's a powerful tool. It's like a it's like having two full-time people at our front desk listening yeah, yeah. to every freaking call. No one can correct. do this. Yep. Correct, correct. Okay, everybody. Amal, thanks again. Craig, we'll see you later. See you guys Take next care, time. Buddy. That's bulletproof.